Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Starpoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. Get ready to have your ears blown out your ass. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. Welcome, welcome, listeners. Uh, we have an awesome show planned for you today. We have a very special guest. His name is Doug Robinson. He's a singer, songwriter, all-around musician. He's a photographer. You may know him from his bands, The Sleeping and Night Verses. Welcome, Doug. What's up? Yeah, welcome, man. How's it going? Good. How's it going, going, man? We're we're psyched to have you. you. Yeah, I'm psyched too. It's uh, it's it's nice to uh, see different people in the pandemic. Not to like make it about the pandemic, but I've been looking forward to to this just to like hang and chill so that's awesome man man. we're 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 glad we're glad that we can do that for you man this is we look forward to doing this stuff uh every week as well um so right out the gate i'm gonna ask you analog or digital uh for me personally analog but everything has its place some of my favorite records are like insanely overproduced and then some of my favorite records are insanely analog so, I mean, everything has a place. I definitely am more analog in the sense that I love to hear like nuances and I love to hear, you know, mistakes on a lot of like anything sonically, really. Like anything, like a movie, if you like catch something, I always think it's interesting. Like, you know, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, we're talking about music. Like, I, I'm super into raw and like realness, but everything has its place. You know what I mean? Right. I, I've done, I've been fortunate enough to record with people of both sides of the spectrum and it's amazing on, you know, on all different ends. As long as I think, as long as the approach to it is always organic, as organic as it can be. Some, some people just prefer a more polished sound, whereas others obviously prefer something a little more like raw. And I guess you could say like rigid, which is what I tend to gravitate towards. I, I hear you, man. Analog, um, you're kind of like comparing it to, you know, like what sounds more raw and what sounds more polished. And I, I tend to think of analog as more of a raw sound. For sure. So, yeah, I'm with you. Cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Doug, um, where you're from, how you got involved with music to begin with, and and how you began actually collecting vinyl. Um, so my name is Douglas. I was born in Germany. My dad was in the air force. So I was, yeah, I was born in Ramstein air force base. Um, my dad is, you know, he was in the U S air force. So I was a citizen by birth. Um, I've kind of got used to moving around since I was a kid. I've lived in like a million different places. So once I, you know, was introduced to touring, it, it was like, pretty simple. It almost felt like the same thing, you know, cause I'd never really stayed in one place, but, um, I, uh, I've been into, you know, I've been into music since I was a kid. My dad was a drummer and I used to remember my dad would play his drums. He would basically see me come in and like reach for the drums and he'd always like pull me away from the drums and like put me outside and then play. But then when he was done, he would always pull me outside and then leave the room with the door like half opened or like a creek open. Yeah. It's because he knew that every time he pulled me away, I, I just wanted to go play the drums so bad. And I was, I was small. I was like probably like 
four years old, maybe even less at this point. But I, I honestly have vivid memories of me going for my dad's drum set. Yeah. So, you know, I would always, uh, I always like grew up with that memory and my mother, my mother's side is I'm Mexican. So okay. we grew up with a lot of Tejano. Selena was like a huge part of my household. Wow. And my older sister, she was pretty awesome. And she was pretty well known in San Antonio, which is where I lived for a while as a kid. My sister was like into in dance and she was like a cheerleader for the San Antonio Spurs and she was a singer oh, wow. as well. So back in the day, she would always, you know, sing Selena all over the house. She used to, there used to be this one song as I got older, there was this one song with David Byrne from Talking Heads and Selena okay. called God's Child. And it was on her like crossover record, which was like more English oriented. So yeah, my sister used to lock me in in the bedroom, she'd give me a brush for a microphone and she would not let me leave until I sang all of David Burns parts. So like, and I'm not kidding you. Like I would, I would be in there for like hours on end for like days at a time because you know, like that's just how it was. My sister was like, you need to sing this with me. Cause my sister was so into singing that she needed someone to sing the David Byrne parts so she can just like be free and do her thing. That's wow. cool. That's so cool, man. So yeah. So so um, I grew up doing that with my sister, and then I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the lines, I kind of took over the reins of just music in general. My sister kind of became a little more like introverted or whatnot. But um, when I was about twelve, I was introduced to punk rock fully. My uh, my sister, my sister that I'm talking about, her boyfriend, he uh, he was like a, a guitar player, and the first records I was ever introduced to, I think I was eleven or twelve. I was introduced to Earth Crisis, Destroy the Machines, Pennywise, A Word from the Wise, and No Effects, Punk and Drublick. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and when I heard that my whole life, like, it was insane. Before that, I was listening to, like, Voice to Men, Tejano (laughs) music. You know, I was listening to a bunch of mariachi and stuff like that. But um, I got, uh, all of a sudden, my whole world opened up. So... (laughs) But yeah, so after after all that, I went to high school, joined a band, started a band with my friends. Um, you know, we had a couple names, but then Stillwell was kind of the one that was like moving and grooving along. Um, cool. And then after that, I had I had pretty much told my mom like this is what I want to do, and my mom was super supportive of it. And I remember I was sitting there, and on like MP3.com or some website, I saw an ad from members of Sky Came Falling that were basically putting out an ad for a singer for a new project. Okay. So, L- let me ask you, yeah. I, I don't mean to. No, it's off, okay. Uh, I'm probably super jumbled. So I, I apologize. It's all, it's all good, man. No, dude, it's all good. Um, you're, you, since you're, you're kind of touching on it. Mm-hmm. What, um, what, cause I know that you, you can play the guitar, you can play the bass. You're a very musical person. You know, what, what made you decide to start singing like what drew you to that versus something else well okay so at first i wanted to be a drummer and my dad he he left at a very early age so that was kind of like the last like positive memory i had of him at that moment Mm -hmm. so on my i think it was like my 13th birthday because it was a little while after i got shown punk rock and i was like i I need to do this like this is what i want to do i wanted to be a drummer so i asked my mom i was like please get me a drum set. And, you know, we, we weren't like a wealthy family by any means. I mean, to be honest, we were pretty fucking poor. So then on my birthday, I, 
Oh, no. For, sorry. First, my mom gives me a card and it says, happy birthday. This is all I could afford. And it was five bucks. And like in my family, I thought that was real. So, you know, you're getting, right. I'm, I'm turning like 13. I'm kind of at this point, I'm kind of like understanding what our situation is like. So I went in my room and sure. I cried, you know, I was like super upset. I was like, man, yeah. all I wanted was a drum set. That's all I wanted. Not knowing what yeah. a price of it was, you know, like who knows? I just wanted one. So then I'm a few minutes later, I'm like crying in my bed and my mom's like, Hey, there's a phone call for you. And I walk over to the phone and there's a bass guitar and an amp like right underneath the phone. At wow. that point, I didn't give a shit. It was just a, a rock <laughs> instrument. And I was like, Holy you were shit. So ready to go. <laughs> I, it was like, that was it. I took that thing. I never, ever left my room. And it was funny because for the first maybe like few months, I was just kind of playing by myself and like jamming out. But then I started realizing, oh, I could play to records and like try to learn it. And that's when yeah. I really started to learn. Then I joined a band. I, I was playing bass. And I, this was that band still. While I was, I was playing well. bass and singing. Yeah. And at that point, they were like, hey, dude, like your voice isn't really the best. Like we're going to find another singer or whatever. So I remember one oh, day. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm actually glad because it, it, the funny thing is it didn't make me more driven to, I was too young. Like when that happened and mind you, again, we're fast forwarding. So sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so fine. now, now I'm in a band, you know, we're playing my voice sucks, whatever. So I would just sing records by myself. Like, always you know like doing the dishes which as a kid i i just did them because i'd sing it wasn't like you know i didn't like cleaning i would just do things to like blast music around me you know That's so i'm like yeah. singing everything and i guess at that point is when i really started understanding i remember singing like you know save the day can't slow down uh incubus science i think i was singing at, at that point like i remember i remember moshing which i didn't know was moshing i was just dancing in my living room to incubus science and I accidentally hit my poor cat. And I remember oh, feeling no. so bad. Like, it was just like a smack. But still, like, I felt, you know, it, it's just course. a memory you have. Like, and yeah, I've been yeah. vegan for six years. So I sometimes think about that. And I'm like. I, I, think, you're, I think your cat, I think your cat forgave you, man. No, for I think sure. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I know so, what you mean. So, um, so yeah, so I was, I was playing bass. Then fast forward, I'm in this band. And one day my friends hit me up, my other friends outside of the band. And they're like, yo, you never hang out anymore. Like you're always playing music. You're always at home, like come over. So I was like, Oh shit. I, I didn't know my friends felt like that. And I didn't care, but I did care because they're my best friends, but I didn't care in the sense that I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll come over. <laughs> and I remember it, it's like a 20 minute walk to my friend's house. Cause I lived in this like, you know, kind of desolate area. I remember walking in my friend, Tom and Mike's house is like right there. And their neighbor was a garbage man. And he would always bring home like things that he'd find in the trash that were of use or good or whatever, you know? And it's pouring rain at this point. And the only house that it's not raining is the house across the street. So I look over to the house. Like there's like a ray of sun, like just blasting at the door. It's open. It's cocked open the screen door. And I'm like, oh. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I'm like, oh, I guess he, he's got garbage today. Like he's bringing it in because I just knew. I look at his at the pile as I'm walking by and there's a guitar right there in front of me. And I'm just looking and I'm like looking at my homie's house and then I'm looking back and I'm looking back at my homie's house. And I'm looking back <laughs> and I look at the guitar and I was like, fuck it. And I, I grabbed it and I ran home. And then 
my friends got even more mad because I didn't see them again for like another year <laughs> or so plus. Oh man! And then that sounds. It sounds like something you'd see in a movie. You know, it's like sure. yeah, you've got. It's like option A. This fucking you know, <laughs> which is like your yeah. friend. You know, it's, and and it's it's fucking raining and it just does not look appealing at all. And then option B, it's just like the sun is shining. Yeah, like it's literally <laughs> like this. There's amazing. a guitar right there. It's like take me and learn me. You know, right. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Obviously, I was just like, I didn't have any crazy. I'm going to do this forever. I mean, I did, but I didn't think about it at that point as a kid looking at it. I was just like, fuck, there's a guitar. Like, let's go. But it was calling the, to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the more I would play at home and this started right when I got my bass, I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to be a rock star, which let's be real. That's not what I'm saying is the case. I'm just, that's what I told my mom. I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. Like, you had that ambition, you know, like you knew yeah. what you wanted to do. You, you had a passion for something at a very young age and you yeah. pursued it. You did it. Which is yeah. funny because you don't even think of, you don't think of pursuing it. I feel like some people right. will say they do and that's awesome, but I didn't think of really pursuing anything other than I just want to play music. You know, it's like, right. like when I right. told my mom I was going to be a rock star, like I didn't think standing on a big stage in front of thousands of people or whatever. I just thought like, Rockstar music. I'm gonna like make music. The VFW hall, or like not. I didn't even know a VFW hall then. Just playing and making music. Just, you know exactly, right. man. Yeah. So, and through throughout this time when you're actually like like learning how to play and you're yeah. immersing yourself in this whole world, did is did you collect vinyl at that point, or was that something that came later? No. So th- this is gonna be even more. This is gonna be like a funnier part of the story, but um, <laughs> but uh. I actually didn't start collecting vinyl until my birthday this year on, in June. Really? And, wow. I, and I have like lots already because I'm when I get Dude. like, well, here's the thing, right? So until now, I've never collected anything. I think I have one box of like night versus gear, like memorabilia from stuff we've done, like a shoe box, but the sleeping, <laughs> all the shit we've accomplished, like I don't have anything from it. I've oh, never wow. really been that type of dude until my i met my wife and now we have like a home base and i have finally found again i've finally found music as like entering my my being as a listener again not as like an analyzer as a dude who's listening as if like you know oh i i would have done this or whatever because that for so long when you're in a band and it becomes like a machine you kind of get right. burned out on music as a as a listener you don't really do that when when touring and band life becomes like your whole existence. Like you, it's just not to be jaded because I still went to shows as much as I could, seeing friends and whatnot. But like, no, but I you, get what you're saying. Yeah, it, you know. And Chris, I think you can attest to that. You know, when you're in the thick of it and we're like writing and you know, it, it's it can you get almost like fatigue, like music fatigue. Yeah, Absolutely, especially. Especially when you do it for, you know, I, I've done it for 15 years now. Yeah, you know, wow. Professionally, I, you know, so for so many of those years, I was never home. So I never had any place to collect anything. You know, I was just, um, I was just, in, I was just like a transient. You know what I mean? Like I was just always on the move. So I never really understood the importance of collecting. So to give you a sense of that, once, uh, I'll, I'll kind of shorten it too. Once I, um, once, I tried out for the sleeping. I, I told my mom, I'm like, my mom was actually with another dude at this point, not my stepfather. And uh, 
she was like, hey, mind you, remember, these are like year gap, like years of gap. Sure. So it's not right. like my mom just jumped in another year. <laughs> but my mom, my mom was with this, with this guy and they were, they were basically going to move to a Pennsylvania, like six hours away from where we lived. So my mom was like, hey, I know you've been trying out for this band. You can either come with us or you can stay here in the house. And all the electricity is going to go off in the house. The heat's going to get shut off. But if you want to, but no one's coming in this house for like a few months. So if you want to live here and try to make this happen, like go for it. And I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I want to do it. So I literally lived. Shit. I lived with a disc man and a candle with like a futon bed that used to be my bed. Cause I never cared about like, you know, we were kind of hard up. I never really cared about like, a, I didn't even care about like a bed. Like I material had, like, a futon things. Now. Yeah. Yeah, wow. exactly. I just never really gave a shit. As long as I had like my music. Cause this is at this point I'm like in it, like music's my whole life. Oh, so man. damn. So yeah. So my mom, my mom moved with my younger sister and, and her boyfriend. And, uh, I wound up staying in that house and I would get rides to the train station and keep trying out for the sleeping. And, uh, can after I, like 30, yeah. Can I, can I ask you this? Cause you, you're yeah. talking about auditioning for the sleeping. Mm-hmm. I actually read that there were 22 singers that auditioned for the sleeping. Yeah, there were. I actually think there were more. Wow. But I think those, those were like, like the serious contenders. They like narrowed them down to 22 or something. No yeah, shit, yeah. Wow. man. That's crazy. Yeah. And did you know, like immediately, like when, because it sounds like you tried out a couple times. So I, I did, mean, yeah. Did, when when they finally made the decision, was it like, "Hey, man, you're in," or or did they make you kind of sweat a little bit? Well, it's funny they didn't get back to me for three months because they were shit. trying that many people. <laughs> wow. So so get this. So when I was staying with my ex in in Fordham, um, I remember I'd always look for the email, and I didn't have a cell phone, so my ex had a Nextel, like one of the like big Nextels, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'd always check her phone because I gave her, I gave them my, her number. So I was like, Hey, I don't have a cell phone. Use this. <laughs> Three months later, one day I was, I'd take, what I would do is I would take a train into New York city and then I would have to take the long Island railroad to long Island. Oh, and I remember and seeing the, the stop that I would always take to go try out. And I just remember looking at it like, man, fuck these guys. Like, just to call me to tell me no, you know? And, and I was just super bummed about it. And I remember that same day I came into her dorm and she's holding her phone and she's like, it's Cameron, it's Cameron. And then like, oh, I literally, and I picked up her phone and Cameron's like, Hey dude, he's like, we want you to like, uh, come back and, you know, keep going. And that's kind of how it started. So, wow, dude, that's amazing, man. That's, that's it's pretty, crazy. It's pretty funny. It's funny too, though, how like you basically were like at the, at the moment that you were just kind of like, you know what, man, I'm good. I, you know, I give up. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even care. And the guys. moment that you stop caring about it, <laughs> that was it, man. That's so cool. That's so funny, man. Yeah. So when you, you know, when they, they gave you that call and they were like, Hey man, like you're in, we want you to do this with us. Was it immediately that you guys got signed to us? Cause I know you guys got signed to a small label first. We, um, we, we didn't get signed. We got signed to Chris from one day saviors label or his label one day savior from Christmas guy came falling, but that didn't happen until a little after we started touring. I think like a couple tours in, I remember bef- before leaving our first tour, we bought a church, we bought a church shuttle bus that 
caught the wheels caught on fire driving it home what? from when we purchased it. Yeah, like I can't believe the thing lasted six or seven tours. Like it, it's like something you don't take cross country, and we did it like seven times. Wow. But, um, so you remember you our, toured the country yeah. about six or seven times before you even got signed to a a small label. I, and I keep saying small I, label, but it was an independent small smaller yeah. label. I, I think. I think probably around that many times was, I think we, we kind of like, we're always talking with Chris and he, he was like down to do it when he heard it. But, um, but yeah, I think it was a few tours definitely before we got signed to him. But wow. our, our first, our first tour, we, we sold demos that we literally the night before the night we left pretty much, we were, we were up to like four or five in the morning rerouting stereo speakers no. in the, like we were like decking out the shuttle bus. We put like dance, dance revolution in the center and like <laughs> taped it to the ground because the shuttle bus had like handlebars. So you'd, you know, you'd like hold them and then you literally like, they were like subway bars. So, um, wow. but yeah, we, we were, we were airbrushing hearts and wings on our demos. We, we made like a thousand of them or something. Wow, so I read that. We were super DIY. The sleeping was I, a very like, I read we that. We were always super DIY. That's so cool, man. <laughs> that's fucking, that's fucking awesome, man. And how long until you actually, then, then you got signed to victory. Was there, yeah. a, was there like a big gap between like getting signed from, you know, getting signed with, uh, the, uh, the, the smaller label to, to victory. Uh, yeah, there was, I, I think, it was definitely a few years. I think um, we we toured a bunch, and we we always toured with Bayside, and you know them being like obviously wow. some of our best friends. And we would wow. do these like we would go to Chicago with them, you know, go to all these like victory gatherings with them. And we were always like raging with the victory crew, like <laughs> you know we were the sleeping were like you know we were known for kind of being maniacs, but that's just what we knew at the time, you know. We were young, just like flipping out, and everyone around us was doing the same. So Sick. people were really gravitating towards our shows. But every time we'd like see the dudes at Victory, we'd be like, "Yo, like let's do this." Everyone's like, "Oh no, no, no!" Like we kind of got like held off a bunch, but then some some way down the line, it, it wound up happening and like working out. Cool, that's man. crazy, man. And you know yeah. that like that that label is kind of I don't want to say notorious, but they are. They're kind of notorious for like helping bands like reach a certain level of success and then also doing some like sketchy shit from, absolutely from what i've heard absolutely. and like there's, a, there's yeah. a bunch of bands right that that have like gotten into a bunch of like legal entanglements with them and right. i'm pretty sure like a day to remember uh they they had a huge thing with them right, right. absolutely yeah i mean Look, right, I don't ever, and I, I know you're not like insinuating this by any means, but I don't ever really shit talk anyone. No, yeah, no, like, no, I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even ask you to. I just, no, no of course. I, what I'm saying is like, yeah, of course, there, that shit is like all the stories you heard, I'm 100% sure are true. Right. It's just one of those things where, you know, where the sleeping was at the moment we were at, it's like, do we wait for other labels and pass the moments we feel are like some of our strongest right now? And we're like right. on fire and we're like ready to do this. Right. Or do, or do we sign with this label that our friends have told us, be careful. Right. They'll get you to where you need to go, but then it's going to be like one of those things. And you know, we, maybe we would have done things differently now. I'm sure we would have, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I mean, we, 
got to where we were and 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 a lot of that momentum started because i mean when we joined when we joined on victory they were going nuts with us for tv ads and shit like it was insane we were on like views every second like commercials videos you know we, we were able we were started getting placement in like video games like Things were getting like really crazy. For so us. they really they and, backed you. They they invested. Yeah, they invested sure. in you guys. And and again, it it sucks because obviously there's a lot of things I'd love to say, but and, it's just the re- the way reality is. But you know, we wouldn't. I don't think we would have been in certain positions had we have not been signed to them. Right. You know I I, mean? I definitely don't. I wouldn't fault anybody. You know, in that position, like if we were offered something. You know, we probably, regardless of what hearsay was, we'd probably yeah. jump on it too. You know, I would never judge anybody for, for, no, totally. for that, I'm, you know. And I was going to say, I'll just tell you this. I, I'm sure there's a few labels that have also had some shady stuff go on as well. Most labels. But, but Most I mean, like, fucking labels, yeah. man. But I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I mean, I know even at my age now, I would, any label that calls me and says, we want you to sign a record contract. I'd be like, "Fuck yes!" I don't. I don't care. I it would like, depend. In, in well, my, like, that's what I say in my mind. That's what I say right. in my call, mind. Call me before you do that, and I'll help you. <laughs> I'll help you rethink that. I, 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 I just gotta say, at this point, I don't think. First of all, first of all, I don't think any. No one's knocking down our door, Chris. No, I know. nobody's knocking down our door. In number my one, mind, number in my mind, two, saying yes. Number two, man. Today. <laughs> Today there are 360 deals that will fuck you so hard. I I would I would have lawyers fucking looking at that shit (laughs) up and down. You know what I mean? Here's here's the thing you have to remember too. Like when the sleeping signed a victory, we were at the we were like even a little before the cusp of everything in the world changing. You know what I mean? Like there was still this like 90s almost feel with the music industry at the point we signed sure like it was still like almost not uncharted territory but it wasn't like it is now where like everything is just pointless at, you know in terms <laughs> right. of, like compared to technology you know what i mean yeah. like like we were still on the cusp of like signing to a label touring our ass off diy no like computer recordings you know it was like it was you know we were still touring with a map half the time you know what I wow. mean? So it, it was that's nuts, man. It that's, was very different. that's awesome. Yeah, it, I'm grateful for it, and that's the thing, dude. It's like, you know, obviously on a legal level, yeah, there's things that suck, but at the same time, it's like I'm I don't care about shit like that more than I probably I probably should, and everyone <laughs> always tells me I should, but I but, I don't like dude the experiences I, I had. Yeah, the experiences it. you had, man. I can just only imagine. Like I, that would just you did what you wanted to do. You've probably toured, you've probably, I don't know. I mean, you've probably toured with so many bands and you've probably toured with a lot of bands that you probably have been like, holy shit, man, those guys are fucking awesome. I love this band. I feel, I feel lucky to just be able to a be on the road, play shows with my band, with these dudes who are close to me. And also the fact that I'm able to share the stage with 
so many bands that I respect totally. and admire. So that's yeah. fucking awesome. Totally. I've seen and, the I've seen the roster, you know, of bands yeah, that yeah. that the sleeping is played with, man. And I'm a, I'm a little stuff. bit of a Taking Back Sunday fan, and yeah, uh, <laughs> and like and like oh, I yeah. would I would fucking kill I would kill to play with them, you know. So <laughs> so every every time someone mentions Taking Back Sunday, I have to say something because. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to them as human beings when I don't. Okay. They are some of the best people in the world. When I first joined the sleeping, I moved into this rehearsal space that we, that I wound up living in, which is like a warehouse where like literally like homeless people are rummaging through the trash at like 5 AM. And I go outside there to piss because the bathroom in the warehouse is like terrible. In oh, the, in shit. The, in the, in, Man. And when I, when I live there, the first time we were splitting a room with the movie life and every time they'd go on tour, I'd sometimes run into, run into them. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm just uh, grabbing some stuff and then heading back to Jersey or whatever. But they had no idea for like mad long until we became like, you know, super good friends with Vinny. They had like no idea that I was living there. Every time they'd come home from a tour at like 5.00 AM, I'd be like, Oh, I just took a cab here, but I'm like sleeping there. Oh anyway, my God. So, so to take him back Sunday, they wound up moving into that same room. Right. And I remember when they kind of caught wind that I was living there, which I kind of told them, I pretty much told them right off the bat. They took me out to dinner every single night. And for Christmas, Adam, when he had those Macbeth shoes, um, he literally gave me like pairs of those Macbeth shoes. And oh, wow. anytime they were home, they would take me to dinner. They would take me to a diner, buy me dinner. Like no one's ever been as a band that we've like done stuff with, we've always had great friends and great people, but like I've been taken care of by them in a way that I will never forget. So I, I always like to say that, that when people mention them, because that is, that's, that's awesome. fucking awesome. And I'm so glad that you shared that story with us. Um, Cause I, I just, I admire those guys musically. For sure. And now you've given me a reason to just admire them as, as human beings as well. So that's yeah. fucking fucking awesome, man. And, and they took us on our first major tour ever, which was the craziest thing <laughs> I've ever like at that point in my life, like it was insane. I remember our, our first show was at Crystal Ballroom in Portland. And I remember it's like five thousand cap room and it was Taken Back Sunday, Fallout Boy, oh, Matchbook boy. Romance, and then us. And I remember <laughs> and this shit. is when like everyone was getting crazy, like Fallout Boy was getting big off of that one record. Um, but it was like insane, like sold out every single night. And I remember we're sitting at the stairs below and, um, and there's like a security guard there kind of giving us the time check and whatever. And then finally it was the craziest thing. The, the security guard looks at us. He's like, yo, he's like, everybody ready? We're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the lights went down and like, it was the loudest screams I've ever heard in my life <laughs> at that point. And the dude looked at and looked at us and like looked at me and he's like, "Let's have a fucking rock show." And that was like my first major show ever. I was like, "Yo!" And like nothing stopped us. And we did so well on that tour because that was also a time where people didn't have cell phones out. Right. Like people were just flipping on the music. No one knew who we were, but we were fucking selling out of our CDs every single night. And yes. we would have like Victory would have to overnight boxes like every single night. That's was, so a, dope. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a crazy experience, honestly. But those dudes are the best for that shit. That's honestly. so cool, man. While you were with the sleeping, I, I'm I'm curious because I know you guys had a, a few albums. I'm curious as to which one was 
uh, your personal favorite to record? Well, it, it depends. I mean, there's 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 a few different reasons why each of them are my favorite. I think the first one will always just be special. Um, believe what we tell you. That that'll always be special because that was one of those things where you know we were kind of like, wow, okay, like we're putting out a record. It was it was for One Day Savior. It was smaller. It wasn't Victory yet, but we were like, wow, this is crazy. Like, and me for me, like this has been my dream at this point since that bass guitar. So now I'm, you know, I'm out of high school. I'm still super young, but I'm like, this is it. Like, this is a record. And we recorded three of our four records with Mike Birnbaum and Chris Bittner, who did like the Coheed and Cambria records. Oh, cool. And uh, they did the Code 7 Dancing Echoes record, which is like one of my favorite records ever. So the first one was special because that's where that relationship really started. And some of the shit we experienced in Woodstock recording was like absolutely insane. And, and at that point, I'm like, wow, this is like crazy. Like I'm living my own life. This is like the craziest thing ever. But I think my, if I would have to say my favorite in terms of like, let's make shit happen and yeah. just the feeling overall encompassing, I think, I think um, questions and answers was probably super important and super is probably my favorite because that was our first victory record. And that was when we were like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like people want to hear us. Like, let's give them something to hear. And, and I remember every day we'd be recording, we'd be getting emails. Hey, can you guys do this? Hey, can you guys fly out to do this? Wow. And I just remember seeing all this shit all the time going like, yo, like we're about to make shit happen. Like, this been, is about to be insane. It must've been like surreal, dude. It's something you can never really explain. And I'm so grateful. I've been able to, I've been able to do the unexplainable, like, seven times now i've made i think seven to nine records at this point yeah um but that was insane and and we recorded in the winter there so and in woodstock in the winter there was a cabin you know we'd stay there for like a little a little over like a month and a half and there was a cabin like a half a football field away from the recording space so we would always like you know, at the end of the at the end of the night, we'd have drinks or whatever, and we'd be like stumbling back, like in through the snow. And I just remember those. I remember the air like hitting me every night, wow. walking back to there, being like, "This is crazy!" Like I'm making a record that's going to be heard like by many people. It, it was just like a really beautiful feeling. Um, and then my other favorite record that I think the Sleeping did was our last one, even though it didn't really, it didn't really kind of do what we wanted it to do for others. We made it really for ourselves. Right. But every, every record we ever did at Woodstock with Mike and Chris was always in the winter where that yes. was kind of, that was a record we did in the summer. And we were kind of all starting to realize that the sleeping, as much as we were doing this record, we were kind of like, I wouldn't say over it, but we were just kind of like, okay, maybe this is the end of our road, but let's just make something we want to make. Cool. And like that whole record is actually a record a concept record about when I first moved to LA and then moved back to the East coast and how much I miss the East coast. And that record's called the big deep and the big deep is actually a swimming hole in Woodstock. Oh, so oh, wow. between sessions, we would go right to the, the swimming hole <laughs> and we would swim all day or like, you know, for hours until we had to do it again or if we were done. And that record just has a really big piece of, of my heart because it took a lot to get back home a lot of like uh, trials and tribulations or whatever you want to call it. Tribute, tribute, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of obstacles that, right. That, you know, that I had to go through to kind of get back. And, um, 
that record will always be super important to me because I remember us, we had like this different energy about us. I was playing guitar on more of the record, but it was just cool because I just felt like we knew what was kind of happening, but we embraced it with like a, a very like positive way, you know, Yeah. whether we said it to each other or not, we kind of just knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'll always like hold that record very close to me just because I remember feeling like, wow, this was like a really good journey. You know what I mean? Awesome. Right. And that's, that's you know, that's, that's before I did it all over again with Night Versus, which was also incredible. But I was yeah, going like, to, I was going to ask you about that. Um, what was that like? What was the transition? Like, tell us about that. Cause you went from a band, the sleeping that, yeah. you know, you, you, you were in for, for quite a while, you know, you experienced the success and, and everything and you transitioned to Night Versus. So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about the, the transition? Yeah, so um, when I lived in L.A., I, I had this friend, Tim, and he was just super cool, and I like stayed in touch with him. And when I moved out to L.A., I told him I was living there, and he was like, hey, there's this super sick band you have to come see. Like, um, He's like, you'll, I think you'd love them. They're an instrumental band, but I think you'd be super into them. So I was like, at, and at this point, I, was, I moved to L.A. because I was very depressed, which is funny because I just moved back from there the second time because I was depressed living there. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was pretty depressed. And this is before we, The Sleeping recorded The Big Deep. I, I thought at that point, I'm like, this band's done. I think The Sleeping doesn't want to do shit. So we had a friend. The Sleeping wound up doing a tour with a band called Hollywood Undead. Yeah. And the, <laughs> okay. the drummer. Wait, I, so, <laughs> I, was a, I was definitely, I never saw them. But I listened to, I think it was their first record, like yeah. on repeat for at, at least a year or two. <laughs> so I, I was, I I was say, a fan. <laughs> that's sick. I, I will say that it's way different from The Sleeping. Way but at that different. Point, yeah. we, were, we were like, fuck it, let's just do it. And no joke, those dudes became our best friends. And we did like four or five tours with them. Wow. And they're fucking awesome. But yeah, so, so we had toured with Hollywood Undead and the drummer – was dating Stormy Daniels and oh, she wound up really, she wound up like really, really liking our band and we got really close with Stormy. Super, super amazing human being. Like wow. forget what anyone thinks, like any preconceived notion of yeah. what she is or does. Like she is one of the dopest human beings on the planet. And, uh, that's cool. Man. When she, she knew I was kind of in like a, in this like dark space, she's like, if you want, you can take this spot on Hollywood Boulevard and you can just live there after that last sleeping tour we did, I moved to LA and I literally did nothing. Like I would just walk every single day. I think diamond eyes was coming out at that point. And I remember I had an advanced copy somehow and I was listening (laughs) to diamond eyes walking Hollywood Boulevard from like 8am to like two in the morning every night. Wow, It it was insane. And and that was helping me. I was like kind of finding myself at that point again. So anyway, one, one of these nights I was living there and um, while I was living there, my friend Tim was like, hey, there's this show out in uh, Fullerton. I, th- I think you'd really like this band. You should come out. And Stormy left me a car, but I felt so bad driving the car. Like, I didn't <laughs> want to be that guy. Yeah. So I went, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go. And I told him, like, hey, if you can pick me up from the train station, I'll take the train. So, which is funny because I should have just drove the fucking car. It's like a super <laughs> sick car. But anyway, so, like, so I was like, fuck it, whatever. So I took the train. And, um, but like, I went there and like, nobody was our age vicinity. 
it was literally maybe like a couple like 15 year old kids and then like all people playing pool. So I, I remember, I remember like seeing Tim, um, meeting a couple of his friends. And then at that point he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, these are my friends, Riley, Nick and Eric. You should like, you know, you should say what's up to them. So at the end, at the end of the, towards the end of the night, they didn't go on to like one or two in the morning, something crazy. But towards yeah. the end of the night, I'm, I'm in the car with, in Tim's car with them. And we're like partying, you know, and Eric, Eric, the drummer of night versus he doesn't do anything. He doesn't drink smoke, but he, he hangs. Okay. So I was like smoking with Riley, the bass player, you know, we're like drinking a little bit, but we're just listening to like music. I think we were listening to at the drive-in, maybe Fiona Apple, but we were talking about all of our musical influences. And these dudes, they were younger than me, but they knew everything about music that I love. And like, and it was just crazy because I was like, man, these dudes are so fucking dope. And then finally at some point, Riley's like, oh shit. I'm like, what's up? He's like, we got to go. I'm like, oh, you guys got to leave. He's like, no, we're on now. I'm like, oh, you're in that band. Tim's telling me to check out. And he's like, oh yeah, dude, we're in, you know, and it wasn't night versus at that point. Um, was it, uh, it was called, um, Alchemist or Archives. Something? Archive? archives there archives. you go yeah and i think it i think it was sound archives at this point before they dropped archive uh sound so it was sound archives they're like oh yeah we're, we're about to play and i'm like oh shit i had no idea so it's late at night i'm like all the way in the back with tim and who the fuck was i to stand in the back i think i was just standing in the back because tim was there like i'm not some dude who like hides in the shadows like i like i don't even like to sit st- side stage watching bands i like to like be in the front in the to like crowd. actually hear it yeah yeah but i remember they ended their first song and my like hips were like over the stage and i was like what the fuck i'm like how did i get all the way over here <laughs> and i was like i was like freaking out mesmerized by these dudes and literally it happened the whole night like they played i would be yelling like shit like i would just be yelling while they were playing because it was so fucking good oh man i like, wow. couldn't believe it so when that when they ended, I walked up to them and I was like, "Yo, I'm like, I don't know what your guys' situation is. I'm in a band and they're familiar with the sleeping, which was like really cool. I didn't expect it, but it was awesome that like Eric was like, I've met Eric at a show and I, I didn't put two and two together. Right. Oh man, but um, wow, but um, or he was at a show. I never met him. He broke his wrist or something because he did a backflip. Oh, no. yeah, he like did a backflip at our show at like Troubadour and like he got injured and had to leave, but he oh, told me man. about that. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> so I was like, listen, I'm like, I don't know what your guy's deal is. I'm in, I'm in a band, but I would love to help you guys in any way I can. I would love to fucking sing for you guys. I don't know why. I just need to let me help in some way. Sick. And and literally, I think it was probably like one in the morning at this point. I don't think it was like two, but they were like, well, yo, we, we got a, re- we know a rehearsal space that's 24 hours. Like, do you want to go and jam? Oh, and we were man. like, I was like, fuck no it, let's way. go. And literally right after the show, we went and jammed <laughs> for like three hours. That's Damn, so and fucking cool, dude. Yeah, yeah it, it was, it was pretty sick. And then we had our first show. It definitely was not what it should have been. And at that point they were kind of like, I remember they were like super bummed. And the next day they're like, Hey, they're like, you know, we think, we think we're just going to like keep doing it instrumental. I'm like, yo, that's totally cool. I'm like, I don't care. I get it. I'm like, like, let me help you in any way though I can. And then I think like a few months later we had played in LA and I got, I was like, yo, you guys want to come out? Like whatever. Or no, they all came out. I didn't even know they all came out. And at the end, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know you guys were here. Like, let's go to the bar next door. And they came over and they were like, yo, they're like, nothing's been the same. Like, 
we need to do this again. And and then we started it up again, and that's Sick. when Night Versus became Night, Night Versus. Nice. Yeah. That's that's very cool, man. Yeah. That's such a cool story. I love that. I love how how it it came together. Getting back to vinyl for a second mm-hmm. here, right? Um we're we are huge fans of that format of vinyl sure. vinyl format. And we are a very small band and we don't have the resources that, you know, come with a signed band. So we don't have any records on vinyl ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um now that I understand that you're you know, you you almost you just recently started collecting vinyl. I don't really, ex- I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Do you have mm-hmm. any of your records on vinyl? Anything that yeah. you've done? You do. You do. Cool. Yeah. So I have that's... a night versus test pressing of, um, oh, test press our last record. And then I have, and then I have, um, the both color variants of on the sleepings, uh, questions and answers. Oh, damn. That's awesome. Can you, yeah. that's how fucking cool is that? Like, I, I it's like, amazing. It's so yeah. sick. I, it, it's a little depressing because I wish everything we did was on vinyl. Um, right. we definitely, it's so weird because I, I can't stress to you how musically, how like freakishly musical everybody in every band I've ever been a part of is. And we just never were like a vinyl band which is now I think about it and especially now with my obsession and it's so funny because this obsession has always been there. I just never realized why it never came to be. And now that I'm collecting like crazy, I'll never act like I'm some elitist, but like, I don't give a shit. Like it doesn't matter when you start collecting something you love. Like when you find out like, Oh my God, I love to do this. Like, it, it's the most amazing feeling because I went all of my life without collecting anything in my entire life. And now that I have like my own home, you know, my wife and I, we have our own place. Like I'm, I have a spot now that holds all of these records. And like, I don't go to sleep until like four or five in the morning. Cause I'm looking for records to buy. <laughs> and I wake up and the first thing I wake up okay. is I look at like five of my white whales and like, see if they're up for sale. Like yes. every yeah. single yeah. night it's, it's like, it's really crazy. It's the white I, whale. I, it, I like honestly. that. I like that. Cause there was, so for me, if, if I may, uh, yeah, of course my white whale was AFI sing the sorrow. Okay. And, and th- you know, they pressed that they had, I think 10,000 pressings back in 2003 Three. Yeah. and they, you know, they haven't repressed it. So the record is rare and it's also very expensive. And right. I will say that from the time I started collecting, I wanted that album, but I was just like, I can't, I can't just can't justify spending the money on it. And eventually <laughs> this year in, I think, yeah, it was April. It, it wasn't um, that long ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. My fiance got it for me. And, nice. <laughs> and, uh, dude, it, I can't tell you how fucking happy I am to have that record and to play that record. It sat, I actually sat on my, uh, it sat on my shelf for like um, a good month before I decided to unwrap it and actually play it. But I fucking, I fucking <laughs> love that him, record. Dude. Yes. Anyone who steals shit, yes. I get it. I understand. But at, at, yeah. at the same time, it's like my stuff, I don't, no one else is ever going to have it. No one. Right. Yeah, man. 
until I die and give it to whoever the fuck is going to get it. <laughs> like no one's going to have this shit. Yeah, even man. stuff I, even stuff I have that I'm not really into or whatever. I just like happenstance come across, like I'm going to keep it unless I, unless I like gift it to someone or something, right, but like right. I'm not going to sell anything. I don't want to sell anything. Like, right. like I, everything I have, I want to listen to like everything I have at some point I, I listen to even stuff. Awesome. Like I just got something I was pretty, I was pretty bummed. The pressing was like kind of a bad pressing, oh, man. but I'm just stoked. I have it that I'm just like, I wanted that colorway. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to buy it. I'll buy another, like the black one, you know, and just leave the rose color and be fine with it. Like I, I don't know. Music is like, it's so easy now to, to send songs to people and, to, right. you know, I want, I love that. You can't just like send these. Anywhere. Yeah, it's and true. There's definitely, there's something so special about being able to hold the hold the music. Yes, and it's, and like and just the sound the sound quality is unparalleled. It, it's totally. true, and it's become to me it's art on art, right? Because of the, the of the color variants and knowing now how these get made, and you know just the 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 slight you know, possibility that like with the test pressing could end up being crap and, and <laughs> going right. from mastering to, to making the, such a huge process. There's 10 steps of how, you know, going through and, and making that. And it's, it's amazing because totally. it, it's, it's something I love it so much. It's such an addiction too. <laughs> it's, there's it's no so better bad. feeling than when you get something you want. It's like, like, it's the craziest thing. Dude, like, yes, honestly, it's true. Like, I look at so, my wife and I'm like, you do not know how happy I am that I have yeah, this. Like, I, it's dude, so, isn't that, like, isn't that the best feeling? So yesterday in the mail, I had gotten a copy of Say Anything is a Real Boy. I and saw that, that, that uh, like reissue. They did a that reissue. Yeah. That, yeah. that is a record that like. It's a great record. People used to say that we sounded alike. I always got the comparison really? to him. Yeah. Him and Tim McGrath from. Uh, what's oh my god i i i oh, listening uh, to your voice uh, i always i heard like um rise against i know yes, i know you're that, 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 yes, i don't know i don't yes. see i i don't listen to them really and i i didn't right, know man. his name but yes Great i band. i did Just, no they absolutely dude it's crazy they are phenomenal musicians totally. every single one of them they it, every ingredient in every one of their songs is something that if you told me about i'd be like yo that sounds like a band I'd be into, but for some reason, I'm not into that band. <laughs> yeah, different is, strokes for different folks. The bass true, player was true. in a. The bass player was in an amazing band called Eighty Eight Fingers Louie. Yes, yes, love and them. that's like one of my favorite punk bands ever, dude. They're like so on good. the planet. So yeah, and uh, it's funny because one of the people who used to work at Victory, who's still like a really good friend of mine, she she basically introduced me to the singer of 88 fingers Louie. And we like, one day we like wound up when I was in Chicago, we like got a coffee and like, I literally asked him everything 88 fingers Louie. And he like, we just hung out and he just answered everything. It was like probably one of the sickest days of my life. Cause I That's just so cool. never, That's so she's like, cool, Hey, man. she's like, I got a surprise for you. And it, <laughs> it was, and, and I didn't, and he's like his, he's like, yeah, my, my kid's into your band too. So he came to the oh, show. I was like, that's awesome. fuck man. Yeah, it, it was cool. That's beautiful, yeah, that's man. That's like, like full circle. Like full circle yeah. right there, right? There, there's a lot of those moments that I'm grateful that I, I've had, you know? I love it. Absolutely. But, I fucking but yeah, love that. that. Back, to the, back to the vinyl, dude, it's like my 
wife's best friend's husband was like, she's like, have you ever heard of Discogs? I'm like, no, what the fuck is Discogs? And I really, try, I, I try very hard to, and not saying I don't have social media, but I try very hard to not be on like a hundred apps. Like it's just yeah. not my thing. But Tommy was like, oh dude, he's like, once you get Discogs, you're never going to go back. <laughs> and then like, I remember sitting in bed looking at it and I was like, this is weird. I can't navigate this, like whatever. But then I just spent like, a half hour or so and then that my birthday was in june and now i have like 200 records that's fucking awesome yo man. that's fucking, like, that's fucking sick, great, dude. dude. <laughs> it's really crazy and like i'm i'm not at all again like i'm not some elitist i don't fucking care what people think of me like i don't give a shit that i'm 37 years old starting now like i will collect dude. everything i've ever wanted in my life like fucking music is my life up. and now that i'm like why why the fuck did I never think of to do this? That like now I'm just like, that's it. Because you're so finally yeah, do yeah. like do it up, man. Yeah, seriously. Man. No, but uh, and the on the first episode, man. It's so funny that you say that. But the first episode we recorded, we like we made a disclaimer. We're like, we are not music snobs. We are not elitists. Yeah. We we just are very passionate about music. And totally. we're, we're passionate about collecting music and we want to share that with the vinyl community, which, you know, this all started with an Instagram that I created called taste of vinyl. And it yeah. was just, just a way for me to like share, you know, what I'm listening to my record collection and all that stuff. Yeah. And I realized how amazing the entire vinyl community was. And I'm right. like, dude, this is you know, this is, this is something that I wish I had started a long time ago. And I'm, but I'm at the same time, I'm just grateful that I'm, I'm doing it now. And, and this podcast and this podcast hopefully is something that, um, a lot of the vinyl community can relate to and will be excited about. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have some people listening. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a vinyl Instagram that I started. I enjoy it, but I don't really want, I don't really care about posting anymore. Like I don't really <laughs> want to, but I've I, seen, I've seen I, your posts, I, Doug, and yeah. your, your, your pictures are beautiful. They oh, are. Thanks, they're, they're phenomenal. I, I, I do appreciate that. I, I don't, I don't care about them. I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I just don't. You're not passionate about that. Honestly, I, I now have that Instagram because I like to just find, I I like when like I see someone I follow, like, like Sade just put out her, her box set the first time ever she's re-releasing her material and they, they mixed and mastered it at at like half speed. It's like mixed at half speed. So like every detail is like, Basically, it's gonna it's gonna probably sound even crazier than the first pressings, which I have a couple of her first pressings. But nice, man. like I, I, I saw that and I instantly bought it. Like that's what I for. I'm like I, I just don't. I, I just want to intake everything I can. You know, yeah, like, man. I, it's that's really why I I have it. It's like a guide to see what's out because really, at, at the end of the day, as much as I don't want it at all, at the end of the day, that's that's now where you find out about things like, you know, like I'm not going to go to Sade.com every day, though I should try to do that. <laughs> if I want to like, sacrifice, you know, I hear my, you. It's I mean, definitely I, a good way I, to, 
to to keep up with what's going on and you know see what reissues are, are coming out and what's new and and all that yeah, good exactly. stuff and that's and that's literally I, I i look at that discogs mondo and um and like newberry comics every day yes like that's what i look at yeah they and have I, you great know, yeah, for sure. They have awesome re- oh, like represses. And, and I always look yes, awesome represses. They have great color variants. And I totally. always I always look to see like what autographed ones they have coming out. For sure, dude. Yeah, yeah that, that's a cool site. And oh, get on down is really cool. I get a bunch of my hip hop stuff from there. Oh, like, nice, dude. I, I have a limited pressing of uh Dead Prez. Let's get free let's get free. It's like the oh, five hundred pressing of the red and green. That's, that's like sick. one of my favorite hip hop records of all time. So I, I'll I'll go to there. I think I got the, I think I got the um, the Raekwon Cuban Links instrumentals from there too. Nice. So like I, I, yeah. So I you know I I get the people that get the first pressings and the test pressings. Like I totally get that, right? But like I try to find, I try to find like the rare like first pressings on colored vinyl, and then I also try to get if I know it's from a, a place that presses really well. Yeah. And it's like a limited edition reissue or yada, yada. Like I'm for sure going to get that because I love, I love the artwork, you know, like I don't as like, I love the sound, but if something sounds like shit, I know it sounds like shit. Like if it's like a difference of, of one little, like, you know, like megahertz or whatever the yeah. hell you want to call it. Like I, I, I understand and respect the, like the first pressing collectors and the original pressing. Like I get it. Like to them, it's superior sound, but honestly, like, I like rare colored pressings and I like, I need like cool artwork as well because I love to like turn my salt lamp on half in the dark, half, you know, half in the light. And like, I like to look at the artwork and I'll know when like a repress or a reissue sounds like shit. Like I have a bunch, I have a couple of these arms are snakes, tail swallower and dove because one of the represses I have sound or reissues I have sounds like shit. You can just tell it like fades in and out each year like it's super, oh no it's just not it well but but then i got the first pressing of their cup co- of the colored vinyl and it sounds awesome so it's like you get you get what you know what sounds good and what doesn't you know it's like i don't think there's this superiority to people that collect the test pressings and stuff it's cool and i get it and i know why but to me it's like i think a colored vinyl that sounds amazing is just as beautiful you know hell yeah I mean, more absolutely so hell yeah so, i'm with I'll, you man I'll even like, I have two copies of protest, the hero fortress. And Mm -hmm. the only difference is the, the cover artwork. I bought it just because the, the, the repress cover artwork is fucking awesome looking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I paid more for that than I did the original one, but still, I love that album. Yeah, dude. But seriously. Yeah, that's sick. Like, you know, again, I have original, I have first pressings of things like, yeah. but you know, like, like nine inch nails, I have all of the definitives. Yes. They sound fucking unreal. Dude. I would love to get my hands on first pressings of each of those albums. But at the end of the day, these sound fucking awesome. And I know yeah. they do. Yeah. So like say. Yeah. the story of why I grabbed those would be cooler. Like, oh man, I got this fucking first pressing of broken or whatever. Yes. Like, <laughs> I get that. But at the yeah. same time, I have the definitive and it sounds awesome. And it comes with a story booklet that tells you about the recording. I just, like, yes. I just bought uh, with, with teeth and um, yes. the downward yeah, spiral. Definitive? Um, yeah, definitive. And yeah, they're the best. I, I haven't listened to downward spiral yet. Um, oh, but with, so good. But, so but with good. teeth sounds amazing 
And yeah, yeah the whole experience with the booklet and everything. Like, that's what yeah, I'm talking about, dope. man. You know, like I got that when I got it in and the mail. I was so excited. Yes. Right. You know, I was so excited about it, man. And then I'm like opening all this shit up and I'm like, Ooh, look at all these cool, like, <laughs> look at all these cool presents I got with, <laughs> with so my fun, vinyl. Yeah. Like, it's so great. You know, like I love yeah, it. man. It's, it's a, it's awesome. a whole, it's like, and I sound like, Oh God, I can't believe I'm going to make this. No pun intended. I sound like a broken record, but I say, <laughs> I say it a lot that it's about the experience and I'm just going to leave totally. it at that. No, for sure, dude. I, there's nothing like the experience of it. You know what I mean? There's nothing like, there's nothing like, like right now I'm on a hunt for all the Deftones Hot Topic pressings and I'm pretty oh, close. Okay. And well, like, so which one's it, it, uh, right now around the fur and self-titled. Okay. Wow. But which self-titled is my favorite Deftones record. That's a great and around the fur, I, just, I just want, you know, well, I think Ohms is now my favorite Deftones record. It's like, so good, up. man. It's but, so um, good. But yeah, like, I'll be patient for those because those are the ones I want. And then yeah. when I get those, then I'll like, you know, whatever. If I, you know, like if I want to get like a, like a reissue of like around the fur or something, just so I can like wear it out, you know, like yeah. I'll right. still listen to my, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like, well, I'm using around the fur as an example, but I actually have a reissue of around the fur right now until I get the hot topic. The hot topic. Right. That's right. the thing. I don't care. So you can I, listen. I, so you yeah, can listen I, to I, it. I yeah. Hear it. Once I get that one, I'm going to, I'm going to burn that out. You know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. that. So it's like, Sick. you know, I got both color variants of ohms. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I love it. Speaking That's- of like reissues and, and stuff, you had mentioned before that like the sleeping was never really like kind of a big vinyl band, but you know, you guys did reissue some stuff on, on like some cool color variants. Are there any yeah. other, like in the future, do you see that, you know, do you see you guys re-releasing any any other albums on vinyl i I don't think so for the sleeping because victory is victory was sold to concord music or bought out oh so so i don't really know where we stand and gotcha gotcha and it's crazy because apparently the sleeping record sold out in like five minutes yes there was a few hundred of them something Uh, crazy yeah it's it's pretty nuts dude like that that makes me happy because i am I now, as I see buying something online, as soon as it is available, like it's fun to be like, fuck, you know, like, honestly, I'm not even kidding you. Like there's really nothing I've ever raced to buy. Like I'm not that type of person. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really buy clothes. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so now having something that I love, like it's funny to, to me to know that it went as fast as it did because I'm like, shit, you I, could relate I get what that's like now. It's you relate, you can relate to that. That's so yeah. cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Doug, thank, thank you for answering all those questions, man. Uh, yeah, for you sure. had some really, really cool stories. You did. That brings us to the, on the platter segment of the show. Oh God, it's so good. Mm, so good and tasty. And today we're discussing Make Yourself by Incubus, which was released in 1999. Doug, you've heard the, the uh, record before, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's definitely a life changer for me, for sure. Yes. Um, I think I was just, I think I was like my last year before I graduated. Um, so the band life was like starting to like burn inside of me at that point. Wow. So cool. it definitely Very hit cool. me. In a really cool way. That's awesome. You know, I have a kind of a, 
I don't want to say unique experience with with that record, but more of like a unique experience in the way that I would listen to Incubus because for me, I tuned in during Morning View. That's when I like real like the band, you know, clicked for me. I started listening to that album, and I mm-hmm. was pretty much obsessed with that album for a, a yeah, very same. very great long record. time. Great record, and and then a couple years later, um, I listened to Light Grenades. I really liked Light Grenades. It's a good album. And then the funny thing about it is, I never went back. Like I never, you know, I hadn't gone back at that point. Mm-hmm. And a few years after Light Grenades came out, somebody had said, oh, you should listen to Make Yourself. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I listened to Make Yourself. And honestly, it sounded, it almost sounded like a different band to me than the one that oh, I was than, than sure. the one that I was used to. And yeah. and I just gravitated towards that album and I listened to it. That's kind of like a thing that I do is like I will latch on to an album and that's just like all I listened to for like months and months and months. And then after I became completely obsessed with that album, I went back and listened to Science and I was like, holy shit, this is like, yeah. it's just like, oh, it's, it's so mind blowing. So like, I just yeah. went, so like I said, it's, I kind of had like a unique listening experience with Incubus where I kind of went forwards and then backwards. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, it is. It's very cool, man. Um, and make yourself, man. I, I just, I think it was right around the time that we started jamming, uh, uh, Chris, Oh, okay. In so like around 2012, 2013. I think it might have even I... been. It might have been 2010. I guess it was probably before Someone... you joined the band. Okay. Okay. But I was really getting into that, and like the drums, I, there was just something about the drums, man. Like I, you know, and again, I had listened to Morning View, and the drums on those albums, like, were were good. But when I started listening to like Make Yourself, I was like, man, this this guy is like special there's something different about it and i all i really wanted to incorporate that kind of style into our music i never was you know quite successful at it <laughs> but but it was still it was still very cool for me man i i just That's i love the the drumming in that album and brandon boyd's voice just every time just makes me melt so what, what about you chris yeah so when I first heard it, it was probably like my junior year in high school. So I, I was a little late um, to to the the game because it's probably early 2000s when I actually started listening to stuff um, that was outside kind of my my original, like, I guess, comfort zone. Because, you know, just kind of like you, Doug, I, I didn't really get into punk or like harder rock until high school, like sophomore, junior year. So that really, mm-hmm. just like you, opened doors to me that I just, I didn't realize the vast amount of other kinds of music out there besides the stuff that I heard on the radio. Yeah. So um, hearing nice. that album, it definitely spoke to me because I felt like kind of alone at that point, And I felt like I wasn't really going anywhere. I knew what I like. I kind of, not that I didn't have any friends or anything. I had friends, but I just felt like it definitely spoke to me in such a way where it kind of made me face some of my like weaknesses and things that I didn't like about myself. Mm, and, yeah. and and wow. kind of and kind of made me want to be better and overcome those things and and when i heard make yourself like the actual um title track yeah that spoke volumes to me like it really did so you know make yourself is probably my favorite 
track on the album. Yeah, I was going to ask. Close second, close second would be Nowhere Fast. And that's those cool. those kind of spoke to me uh, a lot, you know. That's it. Yeah. What about you, yeah, Doug? That, what did, what did that record mean to you? Well, I was like huge on Incubus at that point in my life. When I first started listening to like um, Science, it it was like just coming out or had just come out, and I was already like learning how to play bass. So I would be sitting in my room <laughs> trying to play bass. So I was like playing bass to that. And then from that moment, you know, I would start singing along to it all the time and dancing and accidentally hitting my fucking poor cat back oh, in the day. But, like, yeah, yeah. but that, <laughs> that they were already like something to me. And it's weird because I don't remember make yourself come. I don't remember the moment I got it or anything like the moment it came to me, but right. I just remember listening to that record and thinking to myself, like, like, yo, this is, this is like a young, relatable band. And, you know, Brandon, Brandon Boyd obviously has an amazing voice, but I fucking love the rhythm section. Like, Oh, my think, God, yeah. I think that <laughs> rhythm section, especially on that record, can like Unsign- never be beat. On, uh, make Yourself. On, on Make Yourself. Yeah. And, and on top of the bass and guitar being a rhythm section, Dirk, I think was his name, Dirk and, and Jose Yeah. Like on top of, you know, what your quintessential rhythm section is like drummer bass, DJ Kilmore actually added a lot of rhythm. It's really bizarre. Like he doesn't, he doesn't DJ like a DJ, right? He's a DJ, but he doesn't come across as like this, like, even though there is a lot of songs where he's scratching, right? He's like, he's, He's almost like acting like a, a like a call and response vocal, right? So like uh, yeah, when it yeah. when it comes, <laughs> even the warmth. It's like when it's like so. I keep close my eyes, go the cold Like it always does, like these like little yeah. things between breaths of vocals, where you're like, damn, he's almost like the layered vocal. Genius, man! It was so simplistic, yeah. but it just it spoke volumes like yeah. it just it added so much with it being so little that's such like a really good perspective on that like because i always listened and and i always like noticed those nuances but it, the way that you described it now it, it it just it makes a lot of sense to me a little yes. bit more mm-hmm. like i don't know i always felt like that's what kind of i mean there's so many things that make that band unique but I've always felt like that's what what made that band somewhat unique, and hearing it explained that way is, is very cool. I almost wish that they still did that because they. Yeah. If you listen to any of their new stuff, yeah, but you, you got to think. You got to think about it, dude. Right? Like, I I don't really listen much to them anymore, and not right. because of any other reason other than my my music palette has just changed. Changed, you know. I get it, and but I, I go it. back to the records I love, and I'm like, yeah, sure. this is dope. But but honestly, it's like. I'm not hating on them for for evolving. And I get that. I understand that, you know, bands have to evolve and people. But I don't even think it's it's always evolving. I think it's just I think it's just people's like music is you know, like there's formulas to music in terms of song structure and all that, but like musicians are human beings. Yeah. Like yeah okay you can call it evolving but at the same time like a band doesn't always have to evolve they just kind of do what they want and like maybe that is evolution in itself but at the same time it's just like them being human right you know and i I think when you're like in love with an art or like a band you always put it on this pedestal which rightfully so of course yeah yeah 
But at the same time, it's like they're human beings creating what they want to create. And absolutely, I guess, like I said, in a sense, it's evolution. But we, when we think of evolution in terms of music, we think of evolution as like a band having to like mature or evolve right, or yada right, yada. Right. But like, really, like time is expansive in multiple ways. So when you get older, you know, like they're, maybe they're thinking more sideways than they are forward. I'm stoked on just the longevity of bands like that. Like, Death yeah, Tom, that's true. Absolutely. You know, and obviously we're naming some of the more like palatable, like mainstream kind of acts. Like I listen to tons of bands that have been around for like mad long that I never even knew existed until like a few years ago that are like yeah. from other countries. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. But, like it, you know, the longevity of an act is always really cool too. Like it's very hard to keep a band together for like 10 years, let alone like 30 yeah it's it's wild man it's wild i I, yeah and like i said man i'm not you know i'm not hating on them it's i guess it's just uh i guess for me it's just um probably a nostalgic thing i'm a very unfortunately i'm a nostalgic person and uh, yeah there's not there's nothing wrong with that it's (laughs) it's it's being jaded that there's a problem like right at one point i was very jaded and that's only disservicing yourself you know what i mean like yeah music is like I listened to like, like this morning I was listening to Claire Le, I can't even say her name Claire Lafouche. She's like a like a like a lounge jazz, like uh, not even jazz, just like a lounge singer songwriter kind of like upbeat woman. And her music is super sick. And like back in the day, I wouldn't. It was like punk, hip hop. You never know what you're going to be into. You got to give yourself a chance to absolutely to to listen. And the funny thing is, dude, you can be into anything. Yeah, anything that comes around, you're like holy shit you know like people people ask me who my favorite artist is right off the bat fiona apple that's my all-time wow. favorite artist very cool that's awesome yeah because, my fiance loves fiona apple <laughs> well she's a smart woman because she, she sure is, is one of the most incredible artists of our time i and, agree and people fetch the so, bolt cutters have you heard fetch, absolutely it's yeah. it's i have every very insane <laughs> it is awesome. it is an insane <laughs> Like it's a masterpiece, man, and I don't listen to that record enough. But like, it it really is like just so so well put together, and the yeah, musicality and like everything about it. It's just I can't, you know, I I can't hate on it. It's it, not that I want to, but like it's just so it's amazing. I, I think my favorite part of that record is the fact that it's so unconventional right like like there's no real song structures other than just like what she wants to do yeah and she somehow makes everything like super memorable what i do love about that record is it almost sounds like you're listening to like a like a john lennon record like it almost yeah. just kind of doesn't really make sense but still makes so much sense it's so, brilliant cool. i think it's yeah, brilliant cool. man that's a great record but yeah um not to keep you guys, but I've also I've also been listening to a lot of uh, my favorite like style of music. If I would have to pick a genre, which I try not to do, yeah, is uh, Japanese post rock. Ooh, yeah, and, man, uh, you were sending me I, some I, stuff. I can't like not mention it whenever I'm talking about <laughs> music on like an interview or a podcast. Like I have to talk about it because I would do a disservice to myself and my love for it by not saying it's like some of the best music ever. Yeah, man. Every Japanese band that I've ever listened to is like so disciplined and just so good at approaching quote unquote post rock, unlike US bands. Like, I mean, not unlike in saying that US post rock isn't awesome because it is, 
but there's just a different approach with Japanese post-rock that like it's more upbeat. It's more like spacey, but in faster time, it's not like, like droney, almost like you're kind of like just lost somewhere. It's like, right. it's almost like you're lost, but you're running to find yourself. Wow. It's, it's like incredible. But so I've been listening to a lot of that and, um, everyone should listen to bands like toe. Everyone should listen to this band called Tay super amazing band. Like, Honestly, some of the best shit ever. And that band I showed you the other day, which was I it? just found out about through a through a record swap, some DJ was playing it. And I'm like, who the fuck <laughs> wow. is this? Yeah, it's this band called Goat. And uh, if they're kind of hard to find, my record's literally coming like any day. Oh, yeah. But, you're um, excited. <laughs> oh, dude. But definitely. Check, out, uh, check them out. Check out check Goat. Out. And then absolutely. My, my last thing I want to say is I just want to thank jeremy my brother-in-law for kind of connecting us Absolutely, and um, definitely i want to i want to also say <clears throat> there is nothing better than when you have a friend that shows you new music and you show them new music and Hell you discuss yeah. these things together and you have like hour-long conversations about music with this person and that person for me is eric and proda who was the drummer of night verses Sick. And Eric and I, to this day, every day, like, I think I talked to him, like, two hours last night about the new Deftones record. Like, That's like, cool. <laughs> we, every day, uh, we'll share a new band with each other, like, something he's been listening to or I've been listening to. And, like, that is one of the most important things of any friendship you can ever have is someone who shares a like-mindedness with, with whatever you're into. And you guys can, like, learn and feed off of each other and show each other things that maybe the other person hasn't heard before. And, I just wanted to give a, a big like shout out to him because he's like still one of my best friends. And that's you know, awesome. We, Dude, that's like a, a really cool thing we have together. I, I absolutely agree. And that's awesome that you have that with, with him. I, I live here in Pennsylvania and I have a couple friends who I do a record club with. We haven't been able to get together, but we've been sharing, you know, it's like I'm up next week. We go on discord and we're just like, all right, here's my record pick of the week. And dude, everybody in this record club has tastes all over the place. And it's so cool because it's just like, I listen to stuff every week, every two weeks that I would never, wouldn't know where to find. I would not think is in my genre that I like. Yeah. And I find bands every week that I'm like, these are fucking amazing bands. How did I never hear them? Like I'm listening to this band Hind Hind Legs right now. Mm -hmm. um that my buddy jared picked it sounds a little bit like japan droids uh and modest mouse and kind of like uh franz ferdinand a little bit but the lyrics Sick. are so like it's really good stuff and it's funny because the lyrics are so all over the place if you knew jared it's like that's jared epitome <laughs> like the epitome of him like that he that's tight like, dude i don't know but isn't it's just that like, amazing isn't that is. amazing when you can like see your friend's influence by what he's showing you and like yes. know your friend in one second like there's nothing better than when you're just going over music that people love and you're like fuck like you would show me this band like yes. it's it's so sick because you get to know your <laughs> friend on a different level that honestly people don't always go that not obviously a million people do millions of people but people don't always go that deep into music in, in the sense of like sitting on discord, hanging out, listening to a record together. Uh, I'll never forget the first time we were on tour in the UK. We, uh, we were doing a signing at the HMV and I knew the Marvel, uh, Marvel. I knew the Mars Volta record was coming out. 
we were all like, yo, this is it. Like, we're going to listen to this record together. And at, and at that point you're in, you know, we were in a double decker bus. So it was like us Bayside in the audition. But Sorry. I remember like all of us went downstairs in the lobby, in the lounge. Once that first song comes on and that first song is like six minutes of like silence before it just goes nuts. Yes. And like, it, you know, it's just like literally Cedric and a little bit of like nuanced guitar. And I remember just looking at everybody and every time something crazy would hit, everyone would be like, oh my God. Like <laughs> there, there was like nothing like that. I will never forget that day. Like it feels like I we just popped in the CD. But like those Heck. are the best moments ever, dude. Like Hell yeah. when you're immersed in the shit and you, and you feel those experiences, it's like there's like literally nothing better than that. That's why music is such an amazing thing. And that's why I love vinyl yeah, because I'm like – holding this record putting it in it, it it becomes this zone that you're like okay i'm about to fucking go nuts with this i put the headphones on i turn the lights out and i'm just like let's go you know it's like the sickest yes. fucking thing yeah so, yeah sorry i know that was a little much at the nah, end, not no, not no. at all man not at all yeah. we, we we love this is this is what this is all about man you know we're we're talking about vinyl we're talking about music here's That's the it. thing oh, yeah. We could talk about this for hours. I know it. I know. <laughs> Seriously. And like, I, oh, I yeah. like sidebar. Let's, let's do it another. Let's do it again. Seriously. Dude, I'd love Absolutely, to. I'd man. Love to. <laughs> Honestly, love I was, to. I was going to say, man, you know, maybe when all this Corona shit dies down, it'd be cool to just hang and like shoot the shit, listen to yeah, some man. vinyl, totally. grab totally. a beer, you know, I'd love to do that. I'd be super down. I'd Definitely, sure man. Down. Let's bring it, let's bring it back to, um, I know you might have, Chris, you might have a, a fact or two about Make Yourself, the Incubus record. Um, so if you want to just um, oh yeah, go over yeah. what you got and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, um, yeah. So I actually, you know, it's funny. I found a couple facts. So unlike the previous albums, this one had a little bit harder, uh, was a little bit harder to find facts on, but I did find a couple. So um one of the first ones was, you know, obviously the album came out in 99, but it just hit number 50 on the uh, top album charts at the time. Stellar was the first hit, but it was on a, such a small scale. Um, and it wasn't actually until late 2001 when Drive actually became their first top 10 hit. And speaking of Drive, for the uh, music video, uh, Brandon Boyd and Jose, uh, the drummer, actually drew all the artwork for that uh, music video, which actually oh, wow. was pretty, pretty cool. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, and then I'll just say one more here, just uh, just for time's sake, obviously. Um, before they made the album, uh, the entire band uh, went and saw a therapist for several weeks. And uh, when they were done and they went to go make the album, they felt like they had become a more functional group. Wow, so that's, I thought that was that's interesting. Crazy that uh, that is that is interesting. That on their on their like technically third record, they're like already like fuck. We didn't yeah. see someone. <laughs> right. Well, um, that was awesome. Uh, thank thank you, Doug. Yes, Doug. Thank you very much for being on, and uh, you know we're so happy to have you. It was very exciting, dude. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank man. Thank you guys for having me. That was Th sick. Thank you so much, guys. Everyone, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. Later, guys. Later, guys.